from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Always appreciate some time with Oswego State Lakers men's basketball head coach Jason Leone. Jason, how are we doing today? Hey, Dan, what's going on? Just uh, got my workout in. I'm refreshed and ready to go here. Awesome. Well, how, I mean, first and foremost, Jason, I mean, you're coming off of a Sweet 16 birth and an opportunity. This is the second one that you've had as the head coach of the Oswego State Lakers. Just what you can say first and foremost about getting to the Sweet 16 not once but twice in your shorter career here. I mean, you haven't been in Oswego forever. This is a huge accomplishment to do it once and to do it twice, and most recently is obviously a big, a big accomplishment as well. So just what you could say about where this program is at making it to the Sweet 16. Well, I, I think that it's, uh, as you mentioned, it is it, it is a great accomplishment. You know, now, now that the season is over, it's, uh, you know, I always tell our guys it's okay to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, reflect and, and say say when things are, are good and, and, and talk in past tense now. So, I you know, I, I am really proud of the guys and where things are at right now, you know, and, and uh, now our job turns as players, as coaches, to start focusing on, uh, next year and what we could do to get back there and hopefully maybe even take a step further, you know, but uh, it's, it certainly is when you reach that level, the NCAA tournament, um, you know, that, that, that means you're part of a, of a very select group. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be in that position for our program right now. And when you look at, you know, the program and just what, uh, what, what Oswego state was before you got there, I know you said that you and, you know, we've talked about it. You've inherited, you inherited a program that had, some recent success, but to talk about Oswego State synonymous with the Sweet 16 has got to be special for you and, and where this team is at at this moment. It is. It, you know, one of the things is, is uh, you know, I, I do continue to mention, like I took over a really good, really good program, but the thing that has really happened now is we're able to use some, some of this success to help us in the recruiting trail, and that's that's really where the success um, originates is with the players that we've had and the assistant coaches that have put in so much hard work in recruiting those players. Um, but, you know, to, to be able to go into a recruit's living room and say, you know, we have the most wins in the East region over, over the eight years. We're completing our, our best eight-year stretch in program's history. We've been to the NCAA tournament more than any other team in the East region. Um, we've had more All-Americans than anybody. These, all these things, to go into a li- living room and say that to a recruit, that's, that is going to pay dividends. Um, and and we're fortunate enough that it has. And um, you know now we turn our attentions to finishing off this recruiting class. And we'll be mentioning these same things again uh, shortly here as we plan our, our first postseason recruiting trip here that's uh, going to start this week. And what can you say about, you know, getting right back onto the recruiting trail? I mean, how much time do you spend letting the end of the season marinate? Because I know that obviously it's it's bittersweet. So how much time do you spend with, with it before you shift your focus? Uh, you know, it depends on the year. This year, um, I, I let it go a little quicker because, um, you know, I, I, we, I, I don't know how everybody, other coach ha- handles it, but I was kind of at the point where I said, okay, 
whatever happens now happens, you know, after we won um, at home the first two rounds and we got to the Sweet 16, um, you know, I, I watched the film on Marietta and I said, you know, this is a team I think we can we can play with and, and have a chance to beat, albeit we were going to have to play well. And, um, you know, we didn't and we came up short. But, I, you know, going into that game, I said, okay, whatever happens now happens. And, you know, it, that helps me in particular, keep some perspective and, you know, right after the game was over, I, I explained to the guys, look, at you know, it's over. You know, sometimes you just get beat. That team beat us. They made 11 threes. They played exceptionally well. And I just explained to them, you know, handle it how you want. But my my preference or my suggestion would be let's not walk out of here with somber faces and tears and all that. Let's go enjoy the second game. Let's, you know, hang out together, enjoy the rest of this trip, and, and really enjoy and reflect upon uh, how special a group this really was. So so this year, to answer your question, it was it was kind of a quick recovery, so to speak, from an emotional standpoint. And, uh, you know, I started making notes on recruiting on the plane ride home. And um, other years, you know, where maybe we haven't had as much success, you know, that's a little harder to get over because you reflect on some things and try to identify maybe some mistakes that you made. And, and um, you know, but nonetheless, uh, you know, if you sit there and feel sorry for yourself, that's going to subtract from um, the next group that you have to form. And, and uh, you know, typically I, I give it a day. And then right after that, we start getting on the road and starting start to go see some kids play. And, you know, when, when you get to do that, when you get to, you know, go right back on the road and, and do your thing and whatnot, like you said, you know, you gave it some time. This is more of a quick turnaround. How did the team respond to it? Because you, you know kind of how, how you have felt in, in past years and the last time you made it to the Sweet 16. So you know how you reacted to it. How did you see the team react to the loss when you said, hey, let's not hang our heads you know, they beat us. Let's walk out of this gym. Let's let's watch the second game. Let's appreciate what we did this season and move forward. How did they respond? Um, they 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 listen. I, I, mean, I get the feeling like they they really listened to me. It was more of a factor of not that they think I know what I'm talking about, but I think they trust me. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that they realized how special this group was and how special the season was and what we accomplished. Um. You know, those are some private moments in the locker room, but they were, you know, I, I was really proud of this group, uh, something that was a little different than most years. A couple of them raised their hands after I gave a short talk, um, thanking the seniors and thanking my assistant coaches. A couple of them raised their hand and asked permission to say a couple things to the team, and you know, a couple of our seniors thanked the team, and then a couple of our younger guys, you know, said thanks and said some things along the lines of, you guys are family, and I love you guys, and um you know, those are really special moments, Dan, you know, in sports that, you know, as a coach, you, I don't know, the wins are great. I'm proud of our team for the winning, but just as proud when you sit there and listen to, you know, young adults or grown men sit there and, and tell somebody else in the locker room that they love them, um, how much they appreciate their coaches. Um, you know, they come to you and they're 18 years old a lot of times, and then when they leave, it's like, you, you wonder when they're 21 and they say things like that, you could have never seen them saying being adult enough to say something like that when they're 18. So at some level, you feel like you see just in that instance, you see such growth um, from when they started with you to when they finished that, uh, that, that really makes you proud. But you know, they, 
they listened. They went out. I, you know, I, I did not sit with them during the game because it was a sellout. But um, I went the standing room only portion of the stadium. But um, I, I, I watched, looked down there and watched them interacting, and they were laughing and busted chops like they normally do. And we had a lot of laughs in the airport the next early the next morning. And uh, you know, and uh, it was really a, a, a fun fun ride back. And and uh, I wanted to end it on that note. And, and thankfully, they they. Uh, they agreed, and, and, and we had a good time. That coming from Jason Leone, the head coach of the Oswego State Lakers men's basketball team, coming off of their second trip to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA Division Three men's basketball tournament under his tutelage and his leadership. Jason, to speak on, in general, the NCAA Division Three tournament, I was speaking with, you know, Division Two as well and, and how hard it is to get into these tournaments. And, you know, Division One. There's over 300 teams, 68 make it with the play-in games and whatnot. But when you talk to D2 coaches and D3 coaches that I've spoken with here in the Northeast, it it is very difficult to get in here and there's regions and who did you play and how did you play against them and whatnot. Just to tell everybody kind of how the road is if you don't win your conference tournament or even if you do win your conference tournament, just how the road is for you to get into the NCAA D3 tournament and how it isn't a cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I'll try to give you a succinct version I can. I'm actually on the NCAA uh, Regional Advisory Committee uh, for the East Region. So basically the way our tournament is comprised in Division Three is there's 64 teams that qualify. There's 426 um, applicable teams that, that have an opportunity to play to get into this. So there's 426, 64 teams. Uh, there are 21 um, at-large bids to the tournament. So then that leaves, what, 42, uh, I'm sorry, 43 conference tournament winners or automatic qualifiers. So first off, with the conference tournament winners, you know, you're playing in a winner-go-home scenario. You're playing teams for a third time. You know, that goes without saying that's, that's a challenge, right? Um, but the 21 at-large bids, those are amongst – you know, whatever 426 minus 43 is. So, you know, that goes by a computer system where you analyze numbers. So it's different than Division One. There's no quote-unquote eyeball test because, like, Division One, there's more flying across regions. There's more television where people watch people play. In our, you know, division, we're not – there's not as much of – there's not as much of that at all. So we use this computer system where you – evaluate uh people's numbers against one another winning percentage uh wins against uh regionally ranked opponents wins against common opponents uh your strength of schedule wins against the rpi top 100 that type of thing so for the most part that's strictly by the numbers and um you know the teams that get in as an at-large but typically we only play 25 regular season games in division three so typically those are teams that have you know, anywhere between 19, usually they're in the 20s with their win total. So that means you're winning over 80% of your games, you know. So that's very challenging, too. Like, in other words, I guess what I'd tell you is, you know, you're, you're looking at teams like Texas in Division One, who's 16 and 15. They're still on the bubble. Like, there's none of that in Division Three. You know, like, the teams that typically make it in, I think the lowest number of wins I've ever seen for an at-large team is 18. So, um, you know, that that gives you an idea that it is incredibly challenging to get into our, our tournament. Uh, and then you got to go win six games to win the thing. I remember saying to my assistants after our game, 
how challenging it was just to get to the Sweet 16. We won two games. I said, can you imagine there's going to be a team that's going to win four more of these games, um, you know, to win the national title? Like that's it's it's mind blowing how how challenging that is. And then you look at guys like you know Mike Shashevsky and uh, John Wooden and you know, heck, even Jim Beheim that's won one. I mean, it's just, it's totally mind-blowing to me um, how challenging that is to win one of those things. And you had, you've had 19 win seasons, you've had 17 win seasons and, and whatnot, but as this team has grown 2015, 16, 22, and 9, and then 21 wins in 2016, 17, uh, last season had, you know, some adversity at 14 and 13, and then ultimately this year, 24 and 6, the best record that you've had since being at Oswego State. Just just what it says to you that your best is right now, and I, I'm sure with you, your best is yet to come as well. Yeah. Well, I inherited a team. I, I don't want to shortchange my first team. We were 26 and 4 that year. So All right, this uh, is, yeah. that was our best, but this is our second best. But, but uh, yeah, you know, um, it's all, they're all rewarding, Dan. You know, I, I would I would be very remiss if I singled out one group over another. But to your question, um, you know, I do think, and I don't know if this is where you're going with it, but I do think one of the most gratifying things or one of the most challenging things to do as a coach is to sustain success. You know, like you can, you're going to go through peaks and valleys with recruiting where you may be in basketball, get that one special All-American and you can ride that guy for a three or four year stretch. I do think um, the consistency that our program has played at, you know, you look at, we've finished in the top four in a very difficult conference all eight years that I've been here. Um, those are things that to our players and to our staff are, incredibly gratifying and important that we've stayed at the top of that proverbial mountain uh, for such a long time. And, and that is really hard to do because that shows that we're not a one hit wonder, you know, um, you know, and that, that to me is incredibly gratifying because you'll, you'll see teams that maybe catch lightning in a bottle with a recruiting class or two, and they might, they'll go and make a sweet 16, maybe even make a final four, make a national championship run. But then, they go right back down to that, that mediocre level. And uh, to sit there and say we've been in our conference semifinals uh, or better every single year for the last eight years, nine years as a program, um, that is incredibly difficult to do. And the reason I know that is nobody else in our league has done that. So, so um, you know, we're, we're real happy about where we're at right now. But you know, what comes with those victories and that success is, you know, you get, you get greedy. And, uh, now I'm sitting there looking at, you know, we got to get back there next year. Yeah. And, you know, and, and having that, and like you said, you know, the, uh, the first, the first season, you know, 26 and four now 24 and six, you, you go back to inheriting that team at 24 and six this season. This one is yours. They are your recruits. You have been in this for a while. This, you know, this is not a team that you've inherited just to go a little bit deeper into that part of it, of how sweet it felt to be twenty six and four, but then to be twenty four and six and make it to the Sweet Sixteen, and know that these are your recruits. This is a hundred percent your team. There is no turnover from a different coach. Just what that means to you? Oh, it means a lot, you know. And I, I've never been anybody like I, you know. And to go back to that twenty six and four, just because I don't want to shortchange her in case any of them listen, like. You know, I, I always, anytime a coach takes over, like, I didn't recruit those guys, but I treated them, of course, like my players. And, and But 
I think it's more that those guys set uh, a standard that I learned from um, about what a great team looks like. Um, and that gave me a, a point of reference that I didn't have to figure out. You know, so many coaches take over jobs because maybe there wasn't a lot of winning going on. You know, um, for me, I got an initial point of reference that was the best team that I've been a part of in terms of leadership and um, talent level and all that. And that has helped me on the recruiting trail since then. And going to this year's team, you know, this was a team that, quite frankly, was a group of overachievers. Um, so that gave me a different perspective on winning. Um, and, um, I, you know, right now I'm, I'm still in the co- in the with a combination of trying to prepare for next year, but still really celebrating, um, you know, the season that we had and and, uh, enjoying, you know, seeing these guys now for the first time yesterday where we didn't have practice, watching them smile, and we're not in the middle of a work day anymore, you know. So um, they deserve to have this kind of two-week, what I call a cooling-off period. They're going to go on spring break next week, and then when they get back, we'll get get to work on next year, you know. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of just – the word I always use is just consistency. You know what I mean? We, we have been a model of consistency. I could say that after eight years, that's a long enough uh, time period to say there's a track record there. And, um, you know, um, I'm excited to, to keep this train rolling. And, and again, now the next step is, you know, I told my AD on the flight home, I said, you know, I, I'm greedy enough. I'm like, how do we kind of get to that next step and maybe try to get to a final four here? You know, so that's, that's my thought process now. Yeah, and to and to have that, what do you think are those? You know, what what is missing? What are those pieces? What's on your mind? Like you said, to be greedy and say we made it to the Sweet Sixteen. How do we get to the Final Four? What have what have you kind of you know written down on your notepad as you move forward here that sh- that you're missing that you want to bring in? Well, it's in, it's in recruiting, and it's not because we don't have good players now. It's just as you know, I looked at you know, you go out to the Midwest and. The depth, you know, we, we have not had the depth. I look at the three teams that we've had that have really played at a high level, a top 25 uh, level program. And we, we have usually gotten to the Sweet 16 where we've played a rotation of six or seven guys. We just, you know, I look at Augustana. We were out there playing. They played the second game. They have three guys that were 6'10", you know. But the challenge is, Dan, is in our region, the, the recruiting is so regional, um in our in our division you know can we get three six you know, we don't need three six ten guys but the bodies on those guys you know we've got five or six guys with those body types but after our sixth guy i'm playing freshman you know and the goal is in recruiting we've got to get it so our seventh and eighth guys are not are not first year players and that's not that freshmen can't be talented but their bodies just aren't developed enough yet you know i so in answer your question the bodies on those guys um were very impressive to me and it was great for our players to see because i think that starts to inherently um form a mindset in their eyes where hey i think i'm pretty good and i was recruited by this division two and this division one school then you look at those guys who are division three players and you realize there's a whole nother world out there you know um so that's the first thing the second thing is trying to figure out strategically okay how do we improve this step because the reality is in the northeast and one of our challenges and every job has its challenges is there's so many schools out here you know there's there's 60 division three schools in new york state and we're all beating heads against the door for the same players you know so we've got to be more creative in our recruiting to try to improve that depth um and um you know i also think it helps when you have 
you got to have a guy that's kind of better than everybody else. Like this year's team, we were kind of, we had a great balance, but we didn't have that one All-American. You know, I think that's that's a model um, that we need to get to as well. There's got kind of got to be one chief and then a bunch of guys that are, you know, not as far behind. We had the one run where we had the kid Sortino where he was an All-American, uh, but then there was a little bit of a drop-off in talent after that. Still guys that were all the players, but we've got to have more of those secondary guys that are a little closer level to an All-American. So I don't know if that answers your question, but those are a couple of things just initially that I thought thought of after watching the games out there. That comment from Jason Leon, Oswego State Lakers. Uh, Jason, what keeps you in Oswego? I, I, you know, before we finish up here, just what is it about Oswego State? What is it about this team? What is it about this history that makes you want to be there? Well, I, I grew up in, in Syracuse, you know, and part of why I took the job is, you know, I, my wife and I have, have two young children and uh, they're growing up, you know, a, a mile away from their cousins. And my parents live three miles from us. So that's number one. Number two, um, I love my boss, my athletic director, and I, um, you know, we have a really good relationship, and uh, I really enjoy going to work with her every day, and um, the morale that she's created in our department at Oswego State is it's a really fun place to go to work every day. Um, the third thing is I feel like we can go there and, and win championships and be in the mix every year, you know, so um, those are three really good reasons, you know, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, they, they gave me an opportunity when I was at a no-name job, and um, you know, and I had an opportunity to go back and, and move with family. And I think you have to keep in perspective, um, you know, whenever you're a coach about everything that's involved with a job. And, and um, yeah, there's probably other places that might pay more money or might say, oh, you might be able to win a national championship there. But do, do they have the combination of work with family? Um, because that's really what it's not a cliche, but that's kind of what keeps me going. Everybody's made up differently. Um, for me, um, watching my kids grow up, uh, go to Catholic school in the area here, have an opportunity to go to CBA when they get older, where I went, um, that, that really means a lot to me, you know? Um, so it doesn't mean that that's the right way for every coach, but for me, that's kind of what makes me tick. And, uh, those are the reasons I love working at Oswego. Family guy, family focus, community focus, and a connection to the blue collar, blue collar beauty of upstate and central New York. Jason, there's a lot of reasons how you and I bond and the winning mentality, the never say die is, a, is, is definitely a big part of that. And so is family and staying connected to your roots. So let me thank you. I know I have before, but let me uh, thank you again for all the work that you've done for being a part of our community and being one of the tremendous people here that's doing great things. Well, thank you, Dan, and, and I do want to thank you publicly on the air here for um, you know just your well wishes and um, you know I I, I your, your believe it or not your text was the last text I read before I took the floor on Friday night and it got me juiced up you know what I mean I banged a couple lockers and went out there and tried to coach my best you know what I mean so um, it was uh, it was really. Uh, really refreshing uh, all the people that, that sent us well wishes but uh, I appreciate your friendship and the things that you're doing to help promote our program in Central New York sports as well well thank you for that and uh, it, that you know that right there those, those are the those are the moments you know that the fact that you just said that that you read that text before you went out and it was the last one you read and Gina Castelli with Lemoyne and being there on Sunday I mean there's just there's there's people in this community that you root for and you know, it's, it's moments like that I don't have words for. So I guess I guess you are on a very short list of people 
that I can say have left me speechless on my own radio show. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for everything and looking forward to staying in touch with you over the, uh, over the next few months. And, uh, let's hope, let's hope the Syracuse orange get it going here in the ACC tournament. I'm excited to start watching that now that our season's over. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. How far do you have them go? I released my ACC tournament bracket today, and I have Syracuse defeating Boston College. I think Boston College is gonna move on. So I have uh, Syracuse going up against Duke and losing to Duke because if I know anything about covering the ACC tournament, it's that Duke, North Carolina, and Virginia are typically what I see at the end. So I mean, what do you think? Do you see them getting past Duke? What What do you see? Well. I would never pick against Syracuse, especially in postseason. I think their style is built for postseason. The two things is that zone uh, is 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 much tougher. I don't know why, but it's much tougher in postseason than it is in regular season. And then I think the way Syracuse plays on offense, uh, where they try to isolate and get their better players the ball in their hands, I think that is a method for success in postseason as well. Um, so I do like that about them. I, you know. I think they'll win their first game, uh, the second game against Duke. I don't know about the result there, but I do know I really believe that will be a close game. Um, but I, I actually would – this is one of the teams that I would predict Syracuse maybe doing better in the NCAA tournament than they would in the ACC tournament, um, only because, you know, it is very difficult to prepare as somebody that plays a lot of zone. When you don't see the zone and Syracuse will play non-regional opponents in the NCAA, yeah. um, that's going to be very, very difficult for those teams to prepare for. And Syracuse seems to play with a little bit of an edge and a little bit more swagger when they play in the NCAA tournament as well. Um, so, um, you know, I, I just, I think they do, you know what I mean? So because, and I think that zone and the way they play, I think, Coach Bayheim has them playing with a lot more confidence then. So I, I don't know about the AC tournament, but I have them playing a little bit better and advancing further in the NCAA tournament. And I think what it comes down to is what you just said, which is a great point, which is nobody wants to play them in the NCAA tournament. So that's just that's just how it is. It doesn't really matter where they go. It's a benefit to them to get away from the ACC and, and see somebody new, and that usually bodes well in their favor. So good point there by Jason Leone here, Oswego State Lakers men's basketball head coach. Once again, congratulations on another, another Sweet 16 run, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Likewise, Dan. Thanks for everything. All, All right. right. Take care.